no, I want it to be connected. I want it to be with within a team, a team that where I felt safe, where I felt seen, where I felt understood, where I felt felt like I mattered and my voice mattered. That's what I really wanted um, when I was in the corporate space is to be is to be seen on that level. Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. I am delighted to be able to share another friend, another colleague with you today. I want to introduce you to my friend, Shermaine Melton. Uh, Shermaine is a friend and a colleague of mine that I just met actually not too long ago. And uh, I am just so uh, intrigued uh, by who this man is. I am intrigued by his story. And I really wanted to share that with you today. Uh, Shermaine describes himself as Black, gay, and Christian. And here's why I'm sharing this with you today on the Culture Coach Podcast. And that is because you have Shermaine in your organization. You have Shermaine in your business. You have Shermaine in your faith community. You have Shermaine uh, in your neighborhood. You have Shermaine everywhere. And if you and I are going to continue to to get better as multicultural leaders, we need to know how to work with, how to serve, um, and how to make space for uh, a guy like Shermaine. So uh, there will be a section of this where we talk a lot about faith community because it's very important for those of you to know whether you uh, follow a particular faith or not, or whether you are a faith leader, uh, that Shermaine gives us a, a generous look into what it's like to be him uh, in that in that space. So don't let that creep you out. Um, I, I ask you to just kind of hang with it, particularly if you are a leader of faith, um, to help you expand how you are thinking about the people that may be right in front of you. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, Shermaine Melton. Hi, Shermaine. Hello, Nikki. Good to be here. It's good to be here with you. Oh, I'm delighted that you have uh, graced graced the entrance of the Culture Coach podcast. Where I want to start is, I just want to ask you, um, if I were to meet you for the first time, what would you tell me about you, Shermaine? How do you describe yourself in the world? You know, who who are you? Yes, yes. That's such a, such a big question. Yeah. And um, my answer today is way different than it probably would have been, you know, five years ago. But uh, I am, uh, I'm Shermaine Melton. So I'm black, I'm gay, and I'm Christian. And it took me a long time to come to grips with saying those three things together. And uh, let's see, in addition, I'm I'm this confident, bold, kind of authentic force of love. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm 
calm in the midst of chaos. I, I bring this sense of calmness uh, wherever I go. And yeah, all of those are are little bits, little bits of of who I am. Um, uh, professionally, I'm an, I'm an executive coach now. But uh, yes, those are all the the little some of the little bits of of who I am, Nikki. Mm. Yes. What was what was some of the process or some of the thoughts around you getting to this space where uh, you feel uh, really good when you're able to say black, gay, and Christian? Yes. Ooh. How'd you get there? Uh, Oh, thank you so much. That's a great question. I I don't know if I'm there yet. I think it's each time I each time I say put the three together and say them out loud, it's less cringeworthy for me. Um, but but how I got there is, you know, I, I grew up uh, in the church, and uh, my parents, uh, you know, every Sunday we went to church, and I learned at a very young age that being gay and being Christian was not good, and so. I it, I hid I hid the fact that I was gay for over 24 years. And that's a long time, man. That is a long time. That is a long time. I was so afraid. I was so afraid of my secret being out. I was even more afraid of the people that I loved turning their backs on me. Mm. Saying that, hey, uh, we used to love you. But not anymore. Not now. Now that we know this about you, we don't love you anymore. And I was so afraid of that. You see, I grew up in a in a family, in a large family. I have seven siblings, and I grew up feeling like just a number. So, even though there were lots of people always around me, I felt alone, and so I didn't want to bring more aloneness aloneness to to myself. And so I hid I hid that I hid that part of me. Wow. How do you hide that part of who you are? I, I say that, let me, let me explain how I'm asking that question. Sure. You know, for those of us that are part of the majority culture, if you will, of being straight people, mm-hmm. you know, we have the luxury of, you know, growing up and existing in the world and not having to hide the fact that we're heterosexual. Yeah. Right? Yep. So when you say, um, and even thinking of friends of mine that have had to hide mm-hmm. a very important part of the expression of, of who you are, right? And how you are in the world. Mm-hmm. How might you explain how you hide to someone mm. Uh, that is heterosexual and doesn't un- really understand what that means or what it looks like. Yes. Some of the ways I hid um, were, you know, so it was really around trying to, <laughs> trying to uh, be like everyone else, right? Trying, trying to be how uh, uh, um, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be um, a part of, and so I thought that I had to do all the quote unquote normal things. And so one of the ways I hid was by doing the quote unquote normal things. And so I had a girlfriend. Um, I even ended up getting engaged to her. Um, when things were getting really close, I figured out how to sabotage things so that I didn't uh so that I didn't have to to, to go through with that. And um I also hid by the way that I looked, the way that my appearance. Um I in high school was trying to do whatever I could to keep, keep my shields up. And so there was a part of my life where 
I shaved my head and I walked around uh, campus. I walked around high school just looking mean, just looking mean and unapproachable and just like, don't talk to me, sort of, sort of, uh, sort of vibe. And um, it, it, it kind of worked. It kind of worked. But those were some of the ways that I that I hid. It was kind of don't look at me. Don't try to get close to me. Um, that sort of that sort of vibe, because I didn't want my secret to be out. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. And I think even for people that are listening that, you know, you don't you don't have to come from someone else's cultural experience in order to have, you know, a sense of an understanding of what it's like to hide, right? Mm -hmm. So even when you're saying those things and here's what I did, you know, I, I don't have to be a gay person to like, listen to what you're saying, like, mm, because there are other ways, you know, for me and other people that we hide, yeah. right? We hide who we are, yeah. um, particularly in certain settings, whether that be at work, uh, whether that be in our faith communities, uh, whether that be, you know, in a book club, uh, we're in whatever yeah. it is, whenever we don't feel welcomed and safe, yeah. right. Or unsure that we can be who we are. We all know what it looks like to hide yep. uh, some part of ourself. Yes. Right? That's really yeah. interesting. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Mm. What is it like to be you? Mm. Shermaine being black, gay, and Christian. Yes. Whew. And I say that to say, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, you are everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and to those of you listening, Shermaine is in your business. Shermaine is in your organization. Shermaine is your next door neighbor. Uh, and as we are growing to be better multicultural leaders, those who know how to lead cross-culturally, and provide inclusive belonging spaces for all kinds of people. Um, Charmaine, that's really where my question comes from is mm -hmm. what's it like to be you? What do you care about? I think I'll start off Nikki and talk about the me in the corporate space. When I was in the corporate space, I'm now, I'm now an executive coach, but before that I was a corporate leader for over 20 years. And let's see me in the corporate space. I was a high performer. I'm 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 more introverted. I have a preference towards more introversion. So I was more uh, more more quiet. I was quieter. Um, but when I spoke up, it had power. I had powerful things to say. Um, and I didn't speak just to just to just to say things. It was if I spoke, it was uh, there was a reason. It was important. And um, but other than that, I worked in the shadows. I was, I didn't lead from the front. I led from the back. And so um, people really got a lot of value when they sat down and spent time with me because I was always there for people. If somebody came to me and needed help, needed assistance, needed guidance, I was on it. I would get them what they needed. And so I was, uh, yes, I was in the, in the back, the back um, leading and um, people knew my work and they knew that uh, that what I was about, the leaders that were one or two levels up, they may not they may not know that, but the people, my people knew it and the people who worked with me knew it. So I guess the one thing I would say to leaders is look at your people, look at your performers who don't necessarily make a lot of noise. Mm. Look at you. Look at look at your people who are the quiet. You, you label them as quiet. Mm. Those might be your your might might be your shermains. Mm. Might be your shermains. Yes. 
Yes. Boy, that um, I love that. I love, love, love what you just said. Uh, that charge for leaders. That's really good. Yes. Yes. What do you What do you need? Mm. You know, in in the spaces that you found yourself in. Yes. What, yes. What, what did you need? Yes. Uh, and what do you need? <laughs> Love it. Love it. What did I need and what do I need? So if I go back in the corporate space, what I really needed and wanted was to was to actually be seen. I wanted to be seen um, deeply by my leader, seen and understood. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I wanted the, my leader to do do my work for me. It doesn't mean that I wanted, you know, an easy way out or any of that kind of stuff. No, I wanted to be connected. I wanted to be with within a team, a team that where I felt safe, where I felt seen, where I felt understood, where I felt felt like I mattered and my voice mattered, where I felt like my leader was championing me to 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 uh, his or her leaders. He, my leader was championing me upward. Mm-hmm. And talking about me upward, and um, you know, knowing that my leader actually had has had my back to that degree, that's what I really wanted um, when I was in the corporate space is to be is to be seen on that level. So safe. What I'm hearing you say, I think, safe and seen for you mm-hmm. in that space was, you know, tell people about the good work I'm doing. Yes. Tell people about. Um, how I'm a great team player. Yeah. Tell people about how you see leadership gifts in me. Like there's this communication around what do you see in me and then speak about it. Yes, definitely. Because I, I tried to influence within my circle. And if, you know, if, for example, I didn't have maybe influence two or three levels up in that time, you know, in that particular time, I needed my leader to, uh, to do his or her part. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yes. So yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that I think that's really key, key learning. Right. And a lot of people, uh, hear something similar from, which is if you have, if you, you exist in a space where you don't have a voice because you happen to be part of a minority culture or even depending on what your title is, Right. I mean, that that's a diverse group of people uh, mm-hmm. that feel like they have no voice because of their title mm-hmm. or lack of title. Right. The way to make people feel seen and safe uh, and heard is to for other people who have space to use their voice. Um, to communicate about the good work that you're doing. Yes. Yes. One of the things that, that I've I oftentimes share with our listeners here on the podcast, but also with clients that I'm working with every week is in this area of culture work. That's, that's my term for it. Culture work, okay. uh, diversity work, whatever people call it in their atmosphere that I have found that people tend to look at this idea of diversity um, and add all of the identity markers, whatever that is into it, and then equate them all. Mm. Right. I, I, I like to, to tell my clients that, you know, diversity is a huge umbrella. Right. And, and in that umbrella, you've got all these different spokes. Right. That happen. And while they all exist under the same umbrella, we need to treat all of those things individually. 
Mm. because they have different uh, goals and therefore they have a different strategy. And so one of the things I love about how you began describing yourself, right, is Black, gay, and Christian. To me, when you say that, that is a very unique mix of things. And so for, for leaders to equate all of these markers as the same thing is actually to do a disservice to people in the organization, right? Because what mm-hmm. you may need, tell me if I'm right, what you may need in, in this part of you that is a Black man may be different from what you need as a gay man. Yep. What might be different than what you need is a Christian man, mm-hmm. right? And then maybe it's different what you need is a black Christian. Exactly. <laughs> and then what you need yep. is a Christian gay man, right? Yep. Like all these things, right? So can you describe a little bit for people maybe that don't even, um, may not come from, from any part of those cultures, black, gay, or Christian, when you're in an environment, whether that be at work, or at church, um, what is it that you you think people need to know mm. that might be blind spots uh, or something that you uh, experience that you're like, mm, this keeps happening. People need to know mm. <laughs> this thing. What are a couple of things that Ooh, help people? That, yeah, that's so great, Nikki. Because you're right, it is so complex, you know, black, gay, gay, Christian, Christian, black, like there's so much. Um, <laughs> um, I want to I want to tell a story, a quick little story. I um, changed churches and I went, uh, you know, so the church that I'm a part of, I won't mention the church. Um, the first thing I did is I met with the pastor and I said, hey, pastor, I'm Tremaine. I'm uh, I'm black, I'm gay, and I'm Christian, and I want to be of service to the church. And he said, well, you know, basically, thanks for letting us know. Now that we know that you're gay, you can't do these things over here. <laughs> yeah. But you can do these things over here. You can, you know, if you want, you know, you can serve food. You can clean the, the parking lot. You can serve on our security detail. But but anything that deals with like being a deacon or or handling money or anything like that. Sorry, you can't do that. And and essentially don't speak to anybody. Don't be in front of anybody and certainly don't lead anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you can you because I know that there are people who are are people of faith that listen mm-hmm. to me. Can you just describe what that feels like Mm. when you're given that message? Yes. What it feels like is sort of like I'm a second class citizen. It is really interesting to me because in my, from my experience, churches are supposed to be a place of love, a place where people are accepted for, for being who they are and, and allowed to serve because of who they are, because we're all human. We're perfectly imperfect in my opinion. And so it felt like I was a, a second-class citizen, maybe even being uh, uh, discriminated against because I was myself. And then I thought, huh, I wonder how many people in the church, maybe not my church, but in the church in general are hiding they don't mention they don't mention who they are because they know that a, a form of discrimination or, or, or will happen will occur if they decide to actually be themselves 
And so, yes. So for me, it, it felt, um, yeah, it felt like a second class citizen. Like I was less than, like I was not enough. And yeah, those are, those are the thoughts. Those are the thoughts that came up. Mm-hmm. So what did you do with that? Like you're sitting, you're sitting with this person. Yep. Right. You're like, I'm excited to be here. I want to be a part of this faith community. And they're like, yes and no. Yes. How, do you, how do you respond to that? Do you just do you just freeze in the moment? Yeah. Do you just like slam the door? And- <laughs> <laughs> like What happens after that? To be completely honest, I was not surprised. Mm. That was one of the, you know, growing up in the church. Um, I, I was not surprised at all. It was. um mm. Yes. So I was not surprised. I was actually prepared for that outcome. And I actually decided that, hey, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to clean parking lots or, you know, I don't want to do any the other stuff. I want to be able to be of service in the way that I want to be of service. And so um, in that moment, I, I basically said, well, you know what, I'll be of service in another way. I'll be of service. Maybe it won't be here at this church, but I'll be of service how I want to be of service somewhere else. And so uh, that it was the internal kind of kind of conversation that happened um, with me. Yep. From that in uh, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me just say I'm so sorry uh, that you had to be in that environment. Um, And, you know, it makes me sad that that was the expectation. Mm, Thank you. I mean, it's real mm -hmm. and it, it just makes me sad, um, that particularly in faith communities that it is, uh, yes to some and no to others. You know, there was a time in our history where I couldn't be married to my husband, Mm. you know, who's white American. And during that time, and even still now, right, there are communities of faith and churches, institutions, all over the place that still don't believe that people should marry interracially, mm-hmm. right? And churches and faith leaders believe this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it took them a really long time to come around. And I have a feeling that we're in that same space, right? Where it is going to take so many churches and so many faith leaders forever uh, to come around mm-hmm. to the fact that we live in, you know, right now we're recording this 2023 mm-hmm. <laughs> and that things need to change and uh, their views need to expand mm-hmm. uh, around the kinds of people that are in their church. Um, because we say, come as you are. But we don't really mean it. No, we don't mean it. We we say come as you are as long as you're like this. That's right. <laughs> as long as you are like this and That's these labels. Right. But don't come as you are if you're if you're like this. That's right. We're <laughs> like, come as you are, and we'll tell you how you are. <laughs> you know, and then please, all are welcome. <laughs> exactly. And and a message I want, I would love to convey is that from my experience, being gay is not a choice. I, 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 uh, um, in the third grade is when I, I learned that I had this attraction and, and I didn't sit there in the third grade and say, you know what? I want to make my life more difficult. I want to go against all of the norms of, of my faith and I want to make my life harder 
I want to, you know, that's what I'd love to do. Um, and so I want people to know that it, it is not a, it's not a choice. At least it wasn't for me. I didn't wake up one day and make this decision. What is your most important message? My most important message yeah. is to be, be more authentic, be more you, whatever that means for you, be more of it. Um, maybe ask yourself that question. How can I be more me today? And allow the, that there's, in my opinion, from my experience, there's freedom on the other side. When you can let go of, of who you think you should be or who your parents think you should be or your teachers or whoever else out there thinks you should be and, and strive to be more you, strive to understand who you are and what brings you joy and what makes you happy and, and be more of that, then, then, then I think everything will change. Everything will change for you. At least it'll go in the right direction when you can be more you each day. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I think that is so important uh, for my listeners and my clients. I know who are listening to this as well um, to remember, because in the work that they are trying to do at becoming multicultural leaders, um, that what is necessary is not uh, less and less of them. Right. What is required, actually, is just an authenticity mm -hmm. even while they are learning even yes. as they're growing, to, to lean into who am I? Uh, where are some of the places that I might need some awareness or mm -hmm. some growth or some mm -hmm. learning, but to still show up fully who I am? That's really the the best way that I can, I can lead. And actually where I'll find my most courage, my most confidence, uh, all of those things. And so I think that that is a beautiful message. Yes. Um, for the people that listen. Yes. Uh, and and Nikki, in addition to being more of themselves, to allow their people to be more themselves. Mm -hmm. You see, when you can be more you, you can have these one-on-one -on -one conversations with your people and create create spaces where they can be more them. And if you want to become more um, culturally aware, cross-culturally better, you have to you gotta um, create that safety for your folks. Because when they feel seen, when they feel heard, when they feel like they matter, when they feel like their leaders got their back, their shields will come down and, and they will really, um, they'll help you grow. They'll help you become more uh, culturally, cross-culturally aware. Um, but you have to be willing to be more authentic and be, be vulnerable and create that space for them to do the same. Mm, that's awesome. Shermaine, thank you. Thank you for uh, the generosity of who you are in uh, sharing who you are. You don't have to, uh, but you've chosen to. Yes. And uh, thank you for that. I just want to honor you uh, for that. Tell tell the good people where they can find uh, more of who you are, what you do. If somebody wants to work with you uh, as a coach, where do they find you? Yes, Nikki. And so I'm so honored to be here. So thank you. And the good people out there can find me at ShermaineMelton.com. Uh, that's my website. And there's lots of information there about who I am, what I do, and how to work with me. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Shermaine. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for making the time to listen. 
If you like the insight today, tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at NikkiLearner.com. Remember, it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous, multicultural life. I'll see you next week.